Welcome to episode 66 of the ABC GCI Coffee Break Podcast. My name is Allison Jackson, joined each week by Mike Maloney and Caleb Rodriguez-Santiago. Before we get going, I would like to thank our presenting partner, Skilled Trades Partners, and I'd also like to thank our lightning round sponsor, Nardone Electric. Mike, tell us a little bit about both of our partners this week. Both of these sponsors have been with us for a while uh, at ABC. So Skill Trades Partners, I can't thank them enough. They've been more than helpful and generous with their support of the podcast, Seth and Mary Chisholm. Uh, they'll be on actually next week with us. And then Steve Nardone over at Nardone Electric. Steve Nardone is an avid listener of the podcast. We appreciate his support. Uh, and Nardone Electric has been an avid supporter of ABC Mass and the podcast. So special thanks to them. And uh, this week we got a... Uh, we got an interesting news and story to talk about. Uh, let me just grab my tinfoil hat real quick. Put it on. Crinkle, oh, crinkle. <laughs> crinkle, crinkle. Tinfoil hat. Uh, Allison, what do you got for us? What's what's uh, what's all okay. right? So there's there's I mean, what else is new? There's some some bizarre things going on around the world in, in China. Um, what was it? A couple weeks ago. I just found this um, news story today. It was raining worms or worm like creatures. In China, residents were told to either shelter in place or to have an umbrella walking around the streets while worms were falling from the sky. So I guess, Mike, let's throw oh. it to you with your tinfoil hat on. What's your what's your theory? Let's see uh, the theory, because <laughs> I'm basing my answers on science. I don't know. I, I could uh, try to think about uh, You've got video, right? So is the video real, I guess, right? Conspiracy theories. Fair. You know, is did something, I don't know, a weather event, something, I, I don't know. And it, what I, I, it's going to be science-based. It has to be a, I don't know. I can't, I can't even explain it. How would worms get in the sky? Uh, I don't know. Birds dropping worms? No. That uh, many, though? I mean, yeah, I know. Oh, that's so many. Was there like a storm or something that, I don't know, blew all these, I don't know. But so I found uh, like a Wyoming meteorologist um, after that happened, he, he, you know, went on the air and he said that a cataclysm was, it was what happens, which is like pulls up the soil, right? And then it expels worms into the air. Um, and he said that what you're seeing as quote unquote worms are most likely poplar seed pods, which when wet can look like worms from a distance. Uh, science. See, that's great news because science. if. I don't like there is not a world that I could live in truly if there if worms were falling from the sky that's not yeah. something I no more fresh air for me I'm, I'm okay. getting in an underground bunker like I'm going to start eating canned food I'm going to like what you're never going to see me again I you get your coffee I know. Are you going to make your own? I make my own. I make my yeah, own. But, I grind my beans. Yeah, but when your beans run out what are you going to do? Um, the beans will probably never run out. Her own coffee beans. <laughs> I could, I could. I'll create my own environment underground. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'll figure it out. I will figure it out. And if I have to live without coffee, I'm gonna have to live without coffee because I don't want worms falling on me. Walking. But what is what is your theory, Allison? What, what was you? What were you thinking that where the worms? Came I mean, from? mine is nowhere near rooted rooted in science. <laughs> because have you met me? If you've listened to me on this podcast at all, like there's not much that I <laughs> root into science. No, that's not true. Um, I have a very open mind, and I like to hear everybody's perspectives on everything. And my mind tends to go into kind of the weird corners of 
what things could be. So, I mean, my first thought, it's very like cartoonish, but I mean, I pictured like Jabba the Hutt or something, like some huge space creature, like (laughs) gross alien, had a little bit too many worms in his worm pudding for lunch and threw up. And that's that's where it's all coming from, which, again, I could live without coffee to not have like space alien regurgitation falling on me from the sky. If that's if my theory were to be correct. But like, that's just me. Maybe we should have everybody write in and say like who they think they're, whose theory is right. Not a, not a lot of science in that one. Space worms. There's no science whatsoever. Yeah. None. So we don't, we don't have a lot of science, but uh, moving on here with our women in construction month, it's been a great month. We've had some amazing guests on the podcast and this Ooh. week is no exception to that we've got some great guests on. We have Molly Elkman. She is the author of a children's book called The House That She Built. I talked to her yesterday. She is phenomenal, right? What she has done is amazing. And then moving with that women in construction, we also have uh, two women that work for ABC member W.T. Rich, Hattie Stifter, and Justice Reardon. They are uh, both, well, Addie's on a co-op from Wentworth Institute of Technology. Justice Reardon is a uh, graduate of the Wentworth Institute, so... Uh, we were lucky to talk to them about their experience being women in construction and working for a great company like WT Rich. So let's hear it from uh, Molly first, and then we'll hear from Addie and Justice. Welcome to the podcast, Miss Molly Elkman, author of the book, The House That She Built. I have a copy of it here. It is simply amazing. It is fantastic. And like I said before, I don't have little ones at home, but I have read it several times. And it is an amazing book. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And then one of the things we like to talk about, and you know, as we celebrate Women in Construction Month, is tell us about yourself and how you came to write a book so amazing. So I I joke, even though it's not a joke, that I grew up in the housing industry and the construction space. So my dad started a marketing company in 1969 that worked exclusively with home builders, and I came into the industry um, about. 15 years ago, and I took over his business since then. So I do marketing for home builders. My company is called Group Two. And in doing that, um, I have met very few women in the industry who are on the building side and on the job sites. And one of the women that I have met, she's a third generation builder, and we've become great friends over the years. And she started a women's group in Utah and decided to build a house to show girls that that women can do every single job that goes into building a home. And they did exactly that. The book, that's exactly what the book is, right? So it talks about all the different people and the skilled jobs it needs to build a home, right? And they start everything from the architect all the way through to the landscaper towards the end, right? So that is all amazing. And one of the questions I had asked you previously was, you know, is it a real, it's a real house that a woman and the team of women built. So that's pretty, pretty amazing. And then how did you go from being a marketing person to being a children's book author? How did that all come Yeah. Out? So, you know, marketing is really storytelling at its core. So um, marketing is all about sharing about what makes a company special um, and telling that story in a way that resonates with people. So Um, In doing the marketing for the actual house that inspired the book, we're telling the story of real women, right? We're we're showcasing them on social media and, and in telling their story, we're also learning about them. And I just was getting more and more inspired by their stories. I mean, the real women 
their their path to that job site was so different, right? They all had different interests, different skills, different backgrounds, different um, challenges. And, you know, that I had always wanted to write a children's story my whole life. Since I was a child, I said, I want to be an author. <laughs> it was always important to me. It's actually a big part of why I kept my maiden name, because when I was a child, I pictured my name on a book. I, <laughs> I always wanted to write a book. And when, when, when we were marketing this project, I had that aha moment of this is, this could be a perfect story to inspire children to think about careers that go into building. And then when you had the idea to write the book was somebody like, you know, was there any like uh, about time so much to say, it's about time, right? And you say, I got this great idea. And anybody that helped you put it all together. Oh my gosh, there has been so much support and so much um, momentum. It's actually been extremely humbling, right? So, you know, this isn't my story. I, I'm telling this story, but this is a story that's about real women and an industry that I love and want to see thrive. Um, but the support has been off the charts. So first I have the National Association of Home Builders. They're the actual publisher of the book. So Builder Books published it. Um, they got it right away, um, immediately understood the opportunity and why this book is important and getting it into the hands of children and educators and the value there. Um, they also helped secure some amazing partners and sponsors who made it so that we could actually print the initial run of 10,000 books. So we have Anderson Corporation and 84 Lumber. Um, without them, we wouldn't have been able to actually print the book and bring it to life. So they've been incredible. And then beyond that, you know, Warehouser, Zillow, MyTech has been an incredible partner. Um, all these different organizations using their core values and what's important to their um, company and team members and giving back and then um, supporting different things. So like Warehouser really supported um, the curriculum and the build out of the curriculum and the Girl Scout patch. My tech has really mentored me on um, just social impact and how to make a larger plan. So it's not just a book. And it really converted it from a book to this like movement that is meant to empower and inspire and cultivate conversations. So there really are ways for anyone to participate and get involved, whether you're an individual, a company, an association, um, you know, it's a shared mission and a shared movement. So um, the support has been incredible. And then what are some other, maybe some areas of opportunity that have opened up because of the book? Have you, I know are you on LinkedIn, you're doing a lot of speaking things at schools and, and, and things like that. What else have other doors have opened up for you? Yeah, so I am doing a lot of speaking. Um, the book is not for profit for me. You know, I have my company group two and, you know, my primary business is working with builders, but I am very invested in this space and the success of our industry. So um, for me, I really want to see, um, I want to see a long-term solution to the labor shortage. I believe with my whole heart that it has to start in elementary school. I think um, career-based gender bias starts as early as the age of four. And we know that women are 50% of the population, yet they're less than 3% of the workers on job sites. So um, it's a natural place for this book to be, which is elementary schools, changing the conversation, um, showing that, you know, everyone's path is different and they're all important and valuable. And 
um, it's been pretty incredible. So yeah, public speaking, um, going into schools, uh, even beyond that, you know, I never in my life thought I would create a Girl Scout patch, right? And here I am, and we have a Girl Scout patch. And, you know, when I first saw the patch, I started tearing up. I'm like, I just can't believe this is my life. Um, and I feel so lucky to to get to tell this story, right? Because, you know, I, I love our industry and I know that this story can um, impact the industry for, for good. And have you had anybody, maybe elementary school girls come up to you during your presentation and say that they want to get into this is what they want to do? Yes, absolutely. So I have some amazing stories. Um, I went into an elementary school with a master plumber who was the master plumber on the house that she built. Her name is Kelly Ireland, and she actually is local to Philadelphia, and they found her through Instagram. Um, her handle is Tiny Plumber Girl. So, um, you know, plumbers were very hard to source for this project in particular. And we went into a science classroom and we did a build activity and we made birdhouses. But throughout it, we talked about how fun it is to solve puzzles and to put things together and work with our hands. And by the end of the class, we asked them, which of the jobs in the book do you want to do? And the whole class raised their hand and they said, I want to be a plumber. And it was just, you know, they had never been exposed to the challenging, you know, side of um, problem solving and plumbing and the curiosity of what's behind the walls and these complex systems. And um, it was really, really inspiring to see them connect with Kelly in such like an impactful way that they they weren't thinking about just the single thing, you know, thinking of just the toilet flushing. They were thinking about the bigger systems in place. So um, I love those stories. And yes, every school I go into, I have children saying, I like this job. I want to do this. And it's it's so empowering. It, it, I like what you said about, you know, um, so many times people are forced into college, right? They have to, they, they you know, no one says you can be a plumber, Johnny or Timmy or Sally. It's not, it's, you gotta go to college, right? You gotta go to college. It happened to me, yeah. it happens to my, to my, my children, right? And, and do, you, do you think that's, that people are changing their mindset at elementary school or you think, or think that's working with the younger students? Yeah. So it, I believe, I don't think elementary school students are thinking about college, but 100% of elementary school students, what do, what do adults say to little kids? They say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yep. So what they are doing is they're starting to identify the subjects in school that they are excited by. So my daughter is in kindergarten and she will say, I love art, but I'm, I'm not as excited about science. And then next week it'll be science is my favorite. And this, you know, <laughs> So what this does is it opens up the conversation that science is about more than just what you're talking about in science class. Science can be your life or art can be your life. Um, it gets them thinking about um, just that there's a bigger world out there. And another example is my son. He loves math. And he used to say he wanted to be a math teacher because that was the only job that he directly associated in elementary school with math. So now that changes because in the book and through the characters, we talk about the skills that go into the job. So now he starts to see that, oh, I could be an engineer. 
I could be all these different things that use math, not just a math teacher. So it just, it kind of like opens their eyes to a larger world. And you can, there is a moment where you could see it click in their head, right? Where they're like, wow, there's something behind this wall. Someone put this there with their hands. That, it makes the the space magical to them because they they are starting to understand that someone created the space around them. And then I like the fact that the, the illustrations are perfect and it kind of, I, I like when I was reading the books to my kids, I used to you know, read the words, of course, but after you read the same book a hundred times, you can't keep reading the same words. So I used to look at the pictures and make up a story, right? So you can do that with your book, right? You can see the picture of the engineer and there's a dog in the picture, which is great. Now you would say, oh, they're using math as a great little graph on there. But uh, I would say to my son, reading the book, can you find the dog? Because I couldn't keep reading the same story over and over again. It was, it was so he pointed to the dog, but you've got some amazing uh, illustrations. Do you want to talk about the person that did the illustrations at all? Yes, I love talking about her. So Georgia Castellano is the creative director at my company, and we partnered on this, and she did the illustration. She is an incredibly talented artist and illustrator, and the every single thing you see in the book is so thoughtfully done. Um, it is very intentional. You know, the the women all have different skin colors. They have different style. They have different body language. Um, this is the first book she had ever illustrated, and she did actually win um, a gold award for her illustration. Um, and, you know, to to get into the characters, she actually got in the positions of doing the jobs and, you know, drew it based on body language and you know, the intent for her was really for any child to pick up this book and connect or identify with someone they see. Everyone's got the hard hat on, everyone's got the safety glasses on. This uh, is the, OSHA compliant. Yeah. The, only, <laughs> the whole thing is OSHA compliant. The only thing that is not that I had to fight for is... Um, the insulation, we we didn't want to put a face mask on because we oh, thought yeah. it might be a little scary for right. kids. So that was the only thing that uh, I kind of pushed back on. But other than that, we we talk about safety and the importance of being safe. And, um, you know, that's a big part of it. But, I mean, uh, the, the insulating, the, the woman doing insulating got her white Tyvek suit on and she's yep. doing a great job insulating. People yep. got overalls on, people got work boots on, safety glasses, uh, the the. You know, the interior designer is amazing. The landscaper, it's all well. And then the final page there at the end talks about putting everything together and that all the women are there. And I think that's just an amazing image for people because it, again, spells it out uh, per, per person. Now, so, all right, you got a great book here, The, the House of Chi Build. Is it going to be a number two? Yes, there is going to be a number two. We have a lot of exciting things happening. Um, basically, what's happened is this we've created this model, right, for career education for elementary school. And we have a labor shortage that isn't just in our industry. It goes into many, many different industries. So we've been approached by other industries who want to kind of take this idea and bring it to life in their industry. So right now, um, the most prominent conversation is the car that she built. And talking about the robots and the mechanics and the tech and the all the jobs that go into building a car um, and to build out a program very similar to the house that she built with the curriculum, the activities, the Girl Scout patch, the Boys and Girls Club programming. Um, to, to empower people in those careers to share their story, right? So 
our whole idea is this is not just a book. It's a tool for people who are in the industry to get in front of children, share their story, talk about what they do for companies to get to um, promote the trades and, you know, for us to be able to change that long-term conversation so that we're not solving the labor shortage with the same, you know, problems and going to high school year after year after year, but that we actually see a long-term solution that um, solves the bigger problem. And how cool is it every night to read a story to your kids, right? That you had a hand in writing, right? Like, mommy, read the book. You're like, oh man, I gotta, all right, let's read this book again. By now, <laughs> hopefully they're reading it by themselves right now. I was going to say, so my kids could recite it to me. <laughs> um, you know, it was funny. At first, my daughter was like, enough with the house that she built. But then I read it to her class and she saw her friends think it was the coolest uh, thing. Super and, cool. Yeah. One of her one of her friends raised her hand and asked if I was famous. And I think that was it. My kids were bought in forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because even when we talked to uh, Plumber Paige right a few weeks ago. She said that when she was a little kid, you had things like Bob the Builder and yeah. you know, handy manny stuff. There isn't that stuff anymore. So the, the younger kids aren't really exposed to much about building and tools and screwdrivers. And, you know, you've got Paw Patrol and rescuing and you get all that stuff, but it's nice to have something else, but, you know, as a parent, right. Of maybe someone's a younger student to, to be able to read these books. So uh, I've gathered quite a collection of children's instructional books here behind me. I love uh, it. And we're, we're happy to add you to it. So, um, Next coming up. Okay, now we're going to switch over to the lightning round. This is everybody's favorite part, right? We're going to ask you 10 rapid lightning fire round. questions. Lightning round. Sponsored by the folks over at Nardone Electric. So special thanks to them. 10 rapid fire questions. Here we go. First one's going to be, uh, if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Any fashion trend? Um, like, oh gosh, like scarf headbands from the 70s, maybe? Oh, right. Okay. That's I feel like fun, that yeah. was like really cool looking. That's right. And then uh, if you have your if you had your own late night talk show, who do you invite as your first guest? Drew Barrymore. Ooh. If a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be and who would play you? It would be 80s um, for sure, because 80s and like, I don't know, maybe maybe like Maggie Gyllenhaal. Ooh, all right. That's good. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, you have to sing karaoke. What song do you pick? Oh, God, I hate karaoke. <laughs> Oh, I would sing something that needs no tune that you would just like yell to. I don't know. I, I guess I'll stick with the 80s. Like girls just want to have fun. All right. Uh, what was your least favorite food as a child? Do you still hate it or do you love it now? My least favorite food was probably like spicy Indian food. And I love Indian food now. All right. If you, oh, so good question. If you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Easy pizza. Oh, that's everyone's. Uh, is it? Yeah, oh my god, everyone loves pizza like pizza. I do. Yep. Oh. Uh what is your favorite magical or mythological animal? Um, an alicorn. I know your face is like what? Okay, I just learned this from my kids. So Alligator my daughter's in unicorn. kindergarten. A unicorn, we all know, an yeah. alicorn is a unicorn with wings. Like Pegasus, like a type of yeah, I guess. Right? Okay, yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, but maybe Pegasus is in a unicorn, though. All right, so that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If you could add anyone to Mount Rushmore, Rushmore, who would it be and why? Um, I could. I would say Obama, because Obama yeah. and Excellent. first and yeah. yeah. Uh, what fictional family would you be a member of? 
Fictional family. Ooh, that's a good one. Fictional family. Um, I, that's a hard one. Right? Uh, we, we ask the hard-hitting questions here on the podcast. Hard-hitting. I mean, like Bob the Burger. I don't know. Like some <laughs> silly family that like <laughs> is weird. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> no one ever said that ever. Oh, that's a good one. All right. That's great. Uh, favorite television show as a child? Favorite television show? Um, I would, I don't know, My Little Pony. Are you a good dancer? No, I'm a horrible dancer. It's actually embarrassing. Do you play any instruments? No, I played the flute for like a year in elementary school. Oh, it's one of those like recorder things too. You play the recorder in school. Mom yeah. and dad didn't want you to practice. Yeah. And then the last but not least, what's your go-to uh, coffee place down in your neck of the woods? Uh, that would be really La Colombe. Oh, wow. And then what's your go-to coffee? How do you like your coffee? Oh, okay. So if I, I like my coffee with, it's basically like milk with a side of coffee. I get um, like a lot of milk or cream and I like it sweet with Splenda. So, All right, so that's the lightning round, everybody. Thanks to Molly. Now, now Molly, for those people that want to get your book, how do they go about getting it? How can they find you on the uh, social media sites? Yeah, so you can find The House That She Built. Um, our website is thehousethatshebuilt.com and our social handles are She Built Book. And then my name is um, pretty unique. So Molly Elkman, if you search me, um, you'll also find me on social media. And then my company is Group2, spelled out G-R-O-U-P-T-W-O.com. And I got my I got my copy on Amazon. They shipped it to me like the next day. I had it right here. Like it's like I'm building quite a library of children's authors books. So Special thanks again to Molly for being on the podcast. She has been amazing. Go buy the book right now and spread the word about uh, the house that she built. Welcome, everyone. We have our final, our grand finale interviewees for Women in Construction Month. We have two special guests, Addison Addie Stifter. And we also have Justice, Justice Reardon. So they are assistant project managers um, Addie is also a co-op student and then Justice is also a project engineer. So we are super excited to have him on the podcast today. Ladies, tell us about your positions in the construction trades and how you go, how you got to where you are now. First of all, thank you guys so much for having us. We're super excited about this. Um, so me personally, I actually am a product of Wentworth's co-op program as well. So I started there and I did um, two co-ops with my current company, WT Rich. Um, and then I was lucky enough to land a full-time position with them. And so I am currently working full-time, recent graduate of Wentworth. So just finished up last year, actually. <laughs> that is awesome. Congratulations. Uh, thank, you. thank you. It's been great so far. I love working full-time, love being in the field. Um, yeah, so it's been, that's where I got my start. For sure. Um, and I started uh, in a technical school in high school. I did my full-time um, high school. I got my diploma and everything, but I did part-time at a technical school for building construction sciences. Um, so I kind of fell in love with that part of the uh, construction industry, but I also love the management organization part of it, which is sort of where the project management part comes in. Um, so I definitely have an appreciation for both sides of it and really love the industry as a whole. Um, so that's sort of how I got into the project management part of construction. 
Um, but I really do love being out in the field, you know, the project engineer, just like we work in the trailer on site. Um, so we're always right around the construction happening while we also have our desks to sit at. So it's been, it's a really great um, company here and also opportunity, the positions we're in right now. Absolutely. And that's something I forgot to mention is that you two both work for WT Rich. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to them. They're ABC member companies and I know that they were excited to have you guys on. So this leads me to, to my next question. So my husband actually was able to connect with Addie in order to connect her with me and the Coffee Break podcast. And he would just tell me that, you know, there's these two female project managers just walking around and they're just, you know, checking everything out, scoping it out, making sure everyone's, you know, safe. And so that kind of led me to just ask, you know, what does your day-to-day look like, right? As a project manager slash project engineer or working towards that role, what does your day-to-day look like? Um, I'll let Justice start because she does the job full-time. So she has more like robust understanding of the day-to-day, but yeah. Um, Yeah. So kind of like I alluded to in my, my title is uh, currently I'm an assistant project manager, but for this particular job that we're on in Gloucester, um, I've had the opportunity to take on the project engineer role, which is more of like a field-based kind of quality control role. Um, but I, you know, you do have the same sort of responsibilities as a project manager, but your primary focus is quality control. So that's what um, your husband was probably witnessing us doing all the time is, you know, we're out there, we're looking at the installations, we're making sure details are met, um, coordination is happening. Uh, we we have like a, a quality control program that we do all of our inspections through Procore. Um, so we're doing a lot of those um, as well as initiating the punch list. Um, so we actually do like a work to be completed list as well as a punch list. So um, that's what Addie and I's main focus is when we're out there is just in- ensuring quality on all levels. So that's what that's what we like to do the most. And, and like she said, the organization aspect really comes into play with all that too, because you have to know what you've looked at, um, what's coming up to be reviewed. So that definitely plays a big role in, in doing QC very well as also. Absolutely. And Addie, just, you know, give us a rundown of kind of the student, right? The student side of, of that role. Right. Um, so it's very similar, like a shadow justice in the field a lot. Um, as I've gotten more comfortable, because I started in January and it's March now. So I've been here um, as like a student co-op for a few months. Um, So I do tasks in the field by myself, like inspections of different materials. Um, We do like almost like a Google Maps 360 walk Mm -hmm. through the building at least twice a week. Um, So I wear a little camera on a hard hat and walk around. Um, So that's, I mean, it's pretty cool, but it's really, really cool. And it's very useful for everybody in the project. Um, so that makes me feel really like needed, you know, obviously anybody can walk with the camera on their head, but I'm the one that did it. So <laughs> absolutely it's the highest honor on the field <laughs> to walk with the camera. <laughs> I step in every single room of the building. So yeah. I get to see the progress almost more than anybody else. Cause not everybody's stepping in every single room of the building every single week. Yeah. Um, yeah. but usually, um, they've cut, they came up with a group, like a, um, a list of tasks, if you will, um, of things that they needed to complete the project, like the closeout log for the project, mm-hmm. um, where they get all the owner's manuals, 
um, and maintenance and stuff like that for the products that are in the building, that all needs to get put into a log and collected. Um, so they sort of give the co-op more sort, I guess, mundane tasks, but for a student reading through contracts and learning that language and understanding that this happens in every single job is right. super important. So it was really an awesome, it has been an awesome learning experience, um, even though it's sort of, you know, sit at the desk. Absolutely. To, to learn all of that verbiage is so important, especially when you get into your full-time role, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, remind me not to take the Google camera if I ever visit WT Rich or one of your <laughs> job sites. <laughs> No, um, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's for Addie. You know, that's her role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, as a female in the trades, what are some of the challenges that you may notice, if any at all? Uh, because, of course, everyone knows that women are bomb. dot com. No shade <laughs> to to the men out there. We we love everybody. Um, but yeah, any any challenges that you may notice? Um. So definitely the uh, industry has come a long way. I'd say, I mean, I can't speak to 10 years ago, but I can't imagine 10 years ago it being the sort of um, industry that it is now. But there's still the prejudice of when you see a woman walk on site. I think the men sort of are like, what is she doing here? Mm-hmm. Sort of have a little bit of, you know, less respect or won't take us as seriously. Um, but I think that pretty quickly they understand like, they switch pretty quick and they understand that we know what we're talking about, yeah. but it's sort of hard to get through to them in that way where they have that wall of prejudice up immediately before we even start talking. And then you sort of have to break that wall down to earn their respect. Um, but I will say that once you earn their respect, it's usually sort of a, a nice relationship that you have with them. Like I wouldn't say it's it's anything more than just you have to break down the prejudice that they already have sort of in within their mind. Absolutely. And to to add on to that. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, no, go ahead. Just, I'm sorry. No, just to add on to that. Like I, I agree with Addie that I think the construction community in the males as well, like are more open to women in the field these days. Like, you know, like she said, we weren't around, you know, when women first started getting into the trades. But nowadays, I feel like people have become more accepting because personally, I was pretty apprehensive, you know, like going, especially going on site every day, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to face like, all these challenges, and no one's going to talk to me and everything. But um, I was pretty much surprised with how open people were. And um, at my job in particular, like I was never told that I couldn't do something or mm-hmm. given less opportunities, which is something I truly appreciate, yeah, right. um, you know, cause I wasn't sure. I, I really wasn't sure how it would be and if I would be treated a, a different way. Um, so I've been pleasantly surprised the whole time to kind of have that respect mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, but yeah, the, of course there's one-off situations here and there, but um, it's nothing that we can't handle. So and that, that prejudice comes a lot from like the site side of work. I think the WT Rich as a company obviously is progressive enough and um, they just understand that women are no less than men, obviously. So the company side of it is, you know, completely, I would say no issues at all. But, you know, then you walk on site and you're sort of walking into different generations of construction and that changes the perception so even within the same 
company of trade on site, you'll have one of the guys who sort of definitely respects you and listen to everything you say. And another one that's sort of a little bit apprehensive about listening to you. Um, So I definitely just want to make that distinction that like W2 Rich as a company, and I think most construction companies Mm -hmm. understand the women's side of things. But, you know, once you walk onto site, the trades are a little bit harder to get through to, if you will. For sure. Mike, what's, um, what do we, ha- what do we say here in the office? We have a sign that states <laughs> all of the statements that you're not allowed to say, right? Because we try and be progressive here too. You yeah. want to give us, do you know any of, of those? I can't say them off the top of my head. It's, we say, we say what, um, because, and right. Or yes. Basically, and instead of basically yes, but. what the, what the sign promotes is, um, it's kind of telling you to kind of take these phrases that are typically used out of your mind, kind of like that won't work because, or um, we've already done that. So we won't do be, you know what I mean? Like that kind we of used, thing. Works. We used to do that. They call the prohibited statements, right? So things like yeah. we used to do that. Uh, we don't do that anymore. We used to do that, but right. Or um, we try that before and it didn't work. Or like, it's basically, um, having us kind of operate not shooting down ideas the first time we hear them or taking somebody's idea in and instead of saying oh well we tried that and it didn't work well that was then this is now yeah right okay yeah I like that a lot yeah that's a good approach to have because everyone has new ideas like young and old you know like in the industry many years or not like there's always a solution and having an open mind when it comes to problem solving is how you're going to get to the solution quicker. So or just even being open to explaining why it didn't work in the past, like then we can get to, okay, may, this won't work now because I agree that the conditions are the same, but why won't it work now? Because the conditions are different. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, the ideas are shot down too quickly when it could be a different situation. Absolutely. There's huge value in learning from what didn't work and learning from right, mistakes exactly. because then you know, all right, well, that's an avenue. I'm not going to wander down this time. Right. Where else can I explore? What else can I dig into? What else can maybe spark a better idea that would lead us into where we really want to be going? And I know WT Rich um, focuses a lot on lessons learned. And after a project or, you know, a mishap or a miscommunication or whatever, they'll put it in their sort of lessons learned folder and be like, okay, so, you know, we need to specify this better next time, or we need to communicate this better next time. So it's, you know, it's good to have that backup, you know, this is why it didn't work last time. And this is how we can improve the next time. Always evolving. (laughs) I love that. Always evolving. Shout out to all the progressive companies out there. So now that we have, for sure. And now that we have some insight on the challenges, we want to hear about the most rewarding aspects of your job, right? There are yeah. two sides. <laughs> yeah, there are. There are. Um, I think there's a lot of rewarding parts of the job, but my favorite in particular is just getting to see like the inner workings of the buildings, like kind of the behind the scenes, what goes right. into it. Like your average person might not know that, especially in commercial or public construction. So it's just really interesting to see everything that goes up and how things get installed. Um, So that's probably like one of my favorite parts. The other part um, would be like with public construction specifically, like being able to 
see what you're giving back to a community or see like the before and after. For instance, our company does a lot of schools. So like getting to see, um, you know, this kind of outdated school and then you build it and turn over like a state of the art learning facility like that to me is just awesome. Um, So, yeah, the whole process is just super fascinating um, to watch. So. Um, and just sort of to add to that, it's definitely the smaller things and it's oh, yeah. really personable for each person. Um, but I really like seeing the progress as I walk through the building. Like I mentioned, um, I get to see it sort of every week, but I'm also sort of a nerd when it comes to that stuff. Like every time there's a new faucet fixture or get something, all excited. You know, get so excited. And I think that most people would just walk by it and be like, yeah, whatever, there's a sink in. Yeah. But I do really enjoy seeing the progress, big or small. I really like um, that and it's rewarding and especially I mean I've never worked um, in a public sector before really it's all been private or residential um, and so you know the principal comes in for the school that we're working on and we get to talk to him and it really does make me like excited and happy that mm-hmm. we're giving this to somebody who's going to use it and um, kind of make it an incredible school for years and years to come. Uh, so it's it's really awesome that as well, giving back to the community, like Justice said, that's something new that I've come to really love about it. Of course. And I, I can relate to that. I went to Lawrence High School in Lawrence, Mass. And the old building, beautiful building, but just, just not up to par, right? It's, you know, not functional, you know, the 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 toilets aren't functioning, just not really a space for students um to have the best type of learning and we had a new build right so this huge school came out of nowhere in 2007 huge build and it was just state of the art right state of the art facility you walk in you know other other uh, teams would come into our school to you know for sports and they would just look around and be like whoa (laughs) this school is amazing and we're like yeah it's brand new (laughs) So I definitely hear you on that. Um, speaking of schools, Addy, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit more about um, the Wentworth like co-op program or rather, you know, just if anybody else would want to get into that program, how would they do so? You know, just give us yeah. a little, uh, an overview. Uh, so Wentworth is a four year school program. I don't I don't think they offer any two year programs for um, construction management. Um, sure. So Within Wentworth, their co-op program is mandatory. So they sort of call it a program because there's a lot of support within the school to help you find the positions. Um, But once you, um, I don't want to say sign up for Wentworth, but once you get into Wentworth, it's mandatory for you to complete two semesters worth of work um, at like a legitimate company where they can, you can prove that you're being paid and prove that you're learning. something that's related to your uh, major. So I can't go work at McDonald's and have that signed off as um, as experience for Wentworth. It has to be something legitimate and where I'm actually learning about construction. Um, so I will say I love Wentworth a lot as a school. It's a great program. They really force you to um, get ready for the industry, which is obviously what we're working towards. So you can't you have to give them a lot of credit for that. Um, And I will say one of the biggest things that pushed me towards Wentworth was the co-op program because you need experience to get a full-time job in the future and for them to 
sort of force me mandatorily to do that. I needed that at the time. I needed somebody to make me go and get experience. Um, and they also support you in, in doing that as well. So it's definitely a great program. Unfortunately, you can't really get into it without being at Wentworth. Um, but, you know, Wentworth as a school has great connections. It's a really good institute. So if anybody's thinking about it, I would 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> Absolutely. Mike's uh, son goes to Wentworth. Oh, nice. It, the, the question I have was, is, you know, think back to when you were younger, what was the spark that wanted, what, that made you want to get into the construction field? Do you remember that specific time when maybe um, that happened? I, people ask me this a lot because I went to a technical school in high school. They're like, why did you know you wanted to do that? Especially as a female. Um, my dad, we have a wood shop in our basement and he was always a big into that stuff. And I, it's weird because I don't always think of that as the pushing factor, but it totally was the pushing factor. I mean, growing up around woodworking, it's just, I knew about it. I knew what it was. I know the language a little bit. Um, so there's, there was that, but it was more of, I really didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Nothing seemed sort of interesting or anything. And then somebody said, what about building construction? And I was like, why not building construction? <laughs> so, you know, that made me fall in love with it. We talk a lot of but even like high school students, right? So maybe you don't like just like you said, you don't know what you want to do, or where you want to right, go. Right. And maybe you say, and listen, you don't have to be necessarily swinging a hammer to be involved in construction, right? You don't have to be, yeah. you know, welding or whatever, or hanging pipes or on ladders. You can do the management side, the construction. So if you like the construction side, you know, but can't swing a hammer, that's not interesting to you. You can always go on the management side. So it's, it's great that you did that. And Justice, what about you? Same question. Like, what did you, what was the spark that drove you to do construction management? Um, so I'd say mine was kind of more of like a, like I, the idea kind of evolved. Um, it wasn't like an aha moment necessarily, but like growing up throughout school, um, I was always into like anything artsy. So whether it be like drawing and painting or interior design. Um, you know, I was kind of drawn towards those sorts of classes. And I actually took a architecture class, um, like an elective course in high school. And um, it was fun and everything, but it like wasn't a good fit. Like I definitely didn't want to be an architect, um, but we had like a, a presentation that at the end of the year that discussed all the other trades that uh, work with architects. So like your, your client and your owner and your construction manager. And that was like the first time I've ever heard of a construction manager. So I found it interesting. Um, and I kind of just researched into what that position is. And it sounded very appealing because, you know, not only did it involve um, building, which kind of involves, you know, that interior design and yep. artistic aspect, right? But it also, you know, involved management, which is something that I definitely wanted to get into. I was interested in business management. Um, so it just kind of felt like a good fit for uh, my two interests. And then I basically just researched, you know, what the best school for construction management would be and definitely Wentworth. Um, I agree with all their programs that they have and their co-op program. Um, yeah, so that's what led me you know, to Wentworth's door. And then what led me to WT Rich was Wentworth's co-op program. So it's, it was a very, you know, I, fortunately I had a very easy transition from, you know, high school student to now full-time employee in the field. So I've been super appreciative of that whole experience. 
and uh, on the other side, I was a Wentworth. Uh, I did get accepted to Wentworth straight out of college because I wanted to be an architect. I'd kind of like been my dream as a child from when I was a little tiny kid. I wanted to be an architect my whole growing up and, and doing things. And uh, mm-hmm. I didn't get to go to Wentworth. Other things happened in my life where I had to go. But I don't think Wentworth has an architecture program anymore, do they? They do. Oh, they do? Oh, that's good. Yeah, so from, so, that's good. That's good. You know, in the construction <laughs> management, someone's got to be responsible Um you know, for the bits and pieces to put all the bits and pieces together. And that's what the project manager is doing between the estimating and everything else. So uh, what you do is, is, is amazing. And what you guys are working towards is, is pretty awesome. And uh, we appreciate you guys, you know, being out there and wanting to be on the, the podcast with us. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. We really appreciate the opportunity. We're all, uh, everybody at the company is very excited about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now they get to, you can send the the podcast on Friday to everyone at that's all right. Be great. <laughs> yeah, I think so, they're going to blast it out. They're very excited. Yay, about it. that is awesome. So, <laughs> my last question here before the amazing lightning round, Allison okay. rocks it every time. Um, I always like to end off on a positive, encouraging note. So, what is your motivator in the morning? What gets you up? What gets you going to take on the day? Um, so there are a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> Each day is a different thing. Okay. Um, but I think that majorly it goes to what my favorite part about the process is, is seeing the progress. Um, so every day something new is happening. Each trade is doing something. So it's it's really good for, I really enjoy going in each morning, excited to see what new happened on the project. And since it's a pretty big building, it's where it happened. Like I go in each area and I'm like, okay, what happened new here? Mm-hmm. Um so that's a, sure. a good part about um, or something that motivates me to wake up in the morning most days. Absolutely. I honest, I thought you were going to say coffee because that, <laughs> that's a big motivator here in the office. But Oh, absolutely. We go for <laughs> like nobody's business. Coffee's are yeah. fuel out there. <laughs> the curate probably gets the most attention. <laughs> any, anything on site. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, so to kind of agree with Addie, I think like, just having a job that is fulfilling and ever-changing, like, you know, a position in construction is very, it motivates you to to be your best self and to go out there and, and get work done, you know. But um, I think me personally, just the motivation to be successful and be successful for myself and for those around me that I care about um, is a big motivator for me. Um, and just proving to myself that I can, I can do anything I put my mind to. So that's a, a cheesy one, but that is what motivates me deep down inside. So, Hey, that's a great motivator. Well, thank you ladies so much for this interview. We are going to get right into the lightning round. It's everyone's favorite round and good luck. Allison, take it away. Thanks, Kayla. All right. Um, so there's two of you. So both of you answer just one after the other, if that's cool. Okay. You guys can determine who okay. goes first. I'll leave it to you. All right. So first question, what is the best thing you have bought so far this year? Oh, gosh. I haven't bought much. <laughs> Ooh. I'm see. I'm trying to save. So there hasn't been much spending. Um, Listen, it to- can be your favorite snack at the grocery store. <laughs> it can be anything. Don't overthink it. Ooh. I don't know. I guess a new perfume. Oh, that's <laughs> a great keep, one. You gotta keep the girly things too. Yeah. Yeah, of course. 
That's all I can think of. Um, I got a new pair of work boots. Nice. Love it. Okay. What movie do you wish you could watch again for the first time? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> I say maybe Back to the Future, just because it's a classic. Oh. I wish I could see it in the theaters. You know, like I love the classics. So <laughs> Mike, Mike seems to be a fan of that answer. <laughs> That's my favorite movie, right? It's the best. Yeah, it's go. the best. <laughs> um, I love movies so much. I don't know. I'm a big comedy movie fan. I would say Horrible Bosses, one or two, I'd want to see again. Those are both really good movies. Can you imagine if you had a boss like the Horrible Boss? Can you imagine if you had a boss like that? <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> Next question. What bucket list item do you most want to check off in the next six months to a year? Buying a house. That is number one on my list right now. We'll see Love if it. I can do it. <laughs> uh, skydiving. Ooh, cool. I could never. <laughs> okay. Would you rather have a pet parrot or a pet sloth? Mm, definitely parrot. Oh, I'm going sloth. Oh, I would go sloth personally too. Although I would love a parrot. I don't know. I feel like I would want both. But <laughs> this is not my lightning round. So anyway. <laughs> um, what is your most used phone app? Mm, probably Instagram. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably yeah. Instagram. It's a good way to wind down. <laughs> 100%. Beach holiday or ski trip? Definitely beach. Definitely ski. <laughs> I'm learning so much about you two. <laughs> um, okay. If you had to write a textbook, what would it be about? Ooh. That one's tough. I feel like I'm not an expert in anything. So you don't have to be an expert. You just have to write a book about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, we'll do we'll do my favorite hobby. We'll do painting. <laughs> Ooh, love it. Um, I would write a textbook about how to be a good student. Mm. That's a, I don't know if that even exists. So you can <laughs> I don't think it does either. Yeah. Imagine you could teleport anywhere. Where would you go right now? Always wanted to go to Greece. Never been. That's on my bucket list. So I'll be there in July. So come see. Oh, tell me how it is. I definitely will. Um, I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little bit lame, but I've always wanted to go out west, like to Montana or Colorado. Something. I'm like going that. there. I'm going it to Montana in June. You're living so. our dream. Okay, so seriously, are you going to take us with you? Or? Absolutely, I'll throw you in my in my check-in bag. It must be Yellowstone fans. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it because I'm not I either. Have, I haven't had the opportunity to go yet. I'd love to go though. I have no. I think Mike's <laughs> referring to the TV show Yellowstone, but I also <laughs> haven't seen it. I have um, not seen. I mean, I've heard of it, but I also haven't seen. It. Oh. You know, I am going to be going to Yellowstone too, though, so I will certainly be reporting back. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. If you could have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Mm, that's tough. I bet a lot of people say money. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> um, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. Like shampoo. What about Amazon gift cards? Does that count as? It's not, I feel like it's kind of like asking the genie for more wishes, but I mean, hey, it is, no, you're it's right. your you're unlimited right. supply of something, right? <laughs> until Amazon falls one day. <laughs> yeah, until the grade goes down, but you know, yeah. hopefully we have a few more years. <laughs> okay, final question, the most important of all, for me at least. What is your favorite coffee shop? Ooh, um, there's a local coffee shop where I live in Danvers called Rebel. Um, okay. Recently opened and they are awesome and really, really good staff and really great food. So that is what, my favorite spot. What, what's your go-to um, coffee order there? And what's your favorite food to get there? Um, okay, so go-to coffee order. Um, don't hate me for this. It's not actually coffee. It's... <laughs> It's their their chai latte with a shot of espresso. Fine. So that there's espresso. You're it's fine. half coffee. It's half coffee. Um, and then they make savory scones. So the bacon, <laughs> the bacon chai of scone is 10 out of 10. Definitely try it. <laughs> Heard. I'm literally writing it down. I'm like, what's my order later? <laughs> um and Aroma Joe's is a chain mm -hmm. around. I don't, it's still haven't gone yet. Yeah. So it's I'm I mean, familiar. I'm a coffee drinker. I'm more of an energy drink person. So they have yeah. the drink options there. And I also love a good drive through. Just get me in and out of there. <laughs> I just want my caffeine. I need to go to work. Yes. 100%. Okay. So what's your go-to there? Because they, like you said, they have the energy drinks with like the Red Bull and all that stuff. So what's your go-to order? Um, so I usually... I usually get, it's like a pomegranate blueberry flavored uh, energy drink. They just put Red Bull and then pomegranate and blueberry flavoring. And then I usually do, they don't do a whole lot of like food. I do like a pastry, like a chocolate chip muffin because mm -hmm. nice. they're more like a microwave situation. And I, I can do that myself. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So you have your drive through and you have your walk-in if you want to sit down. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. And so um, I remember at the top of the podcast, you mentioned you're working on a project in Gloucester. Are you there often? Yeah. So um, we report to site every day and we work out of the field office. So it's just a little trailer that we have there um, temporarily. And I find that really awesome because if there's ever, you know, something that we need to go look at, like a detail that we need to review um, in the field, we're right there. We literally just walk out the door and walk into the building. Um, plus it, it also helps break up the day. So, you know, as much as, well, and that's another thing is like coming into this industry, I thought I wanted to be all office. Um, but then on my co-op, I was put out into the field and I pretty much fell in love with it. Um, I definitely love having that field side of it as well. Um, just because the learning experience and like what you can absorb when you're out there is like so much more. So I enjoy that a lot. I love that. Yeah, that's really cool that you can kind of be looking at your work and then, mm -hmm. oh, well, I don't know about that specific details. So you literally just get up and walk out and see yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Um, well, a recommendation for you in Gloucester, I do spend quite a bit of time there. I work there a little bit. Um, so if you want a good coffee or a good 
anything really. Um, Castaways Vintage Cafe in Gloucester. Writing that down. Castaways. We'll get that for lunch tomorrow and report that. <laughs> you will not regret it. Castaways Vintage Cafe. It's right on Main Street. That sounds delicious. Low key, that question that Allison asks in every lightning round is her running list of coffee places to visit. I love that. And you know this that we're all my, sharing This is office. my purpose for the podcast. Yes. It's simply to find out every good coffee place. I need access to this like working database. You <laughs> One day, maybe I'll release it. <laughs> We wouldn't be the coffee break without this running list. So All right. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, well, thank you guys. Or thank you, ladies. This was an amazing grand finale to Women's in Construction Month. Thank you, Addison Stifter and Justice Reardon. It was a pleasure having you on. Have a wonderful day. Thank you guys so thank much. Thank you so much. It's been an amazing month celebrating Women in Construction Month with all of our guests. It has been a, an amazing experience to talk to all these women in the construction business, especially our, our guests this week. So again, thanks to Molly Elkman. It was a pleasure speaking with her. Uh, it was just a natural conversation. And, and she has ties to Massachusetts. Her, her brother lives in Mass. Her family comes to Mass, which is pretty amazing. And then Addie and Justice from uh, WT Rich. It was great to speak to them. They're doing some amazing things. And it's nice to know that we've got some super energetic and passionate people in the trades and working for some great ABC members like WT Rich. So uh, moving forward here, let's talk about what's coming up for upcoming trainings. We have a whole lot going on over the next year. So we have every training up right now through December on the GCI website. So definitely go check out all of the different trainings that we have. We have a few new trainings Um that we haven't run in a long time or ever. So definitely check some of those out. So I'm going to read off a couple. But just coming up, we have an OSHA 30 hour for construction. Begins April 10th. It's for the week of April 10th to the 13th. Definitely get your OSHA 30 if you don't have it already. We have a plan reading April 11th and 13th. You do have to attend both classes to be able to get your certificate and all the knowledge that you need to pass the class properly. Not that there's a test, but to get what you really need out of it. Um, that's going to be in Franklin, not at the ABC GCI Woburn office. It's going to be at Tri-County Regional High School. We have a 608 Universal Certification class on April 15th. Make sure that you get that class if you don't have it. And then just put on the schedule May 2nd, we have a HasWopper eight-hour refresher course. Make sure that you get your refresher course. That only lasts 12 months. So if you don't have that or if it has expired, definitely a great time to sign up for that. You can find all of those classes and the rest of the classes through December 2023 at gwgci.org forward slash events. And Allison's done a great job putting all this stuff on training up on the calendar, which is fantastic. So people can plan out their year. It's a, it's a great thing, but both Allison and Carol over on the ABC side have done a great job just getting events on the calendar so people uh, know what's going on, and they've done a great job. So uh, fantastic on the trains. And be sure to use our promo code, COFFEE10, 10 bucks off any training, one per registration um, or one per transaction, rather. But yeah, COFFEE10, C-O-F-F-E-E-1-0 for $10 off any training class through December 2023, as long as you use the promo code by the end of April. 
And if you're an ABC member or whether you're not an ABC member, we offer all sorts of custom trainings as well. So if there's a training out there that you want for your employees and you don't see it on the calendar, reach out to Diane at gwgci.org. She can reach out and get you some training. So uh, we want to be a one-stop shop here at the Gould. So uh, think of us when you think of training your people, reach out to the people over at Gould. So, yep, because we offer that. we do offer a lot of classes that are not on the schedule right now, but we do have the license to be able to hold it. And we have the teachers with the knowledge to be able to teach the classes. So, Think and even if you do see a class on the schedule that you do need, but the dates don't work for you, Perfect. reach out to Diane, reach out to one of us. We can get that at your facility, at our facility. We can make it work for you. That's great. And that's what we're here for, right? We're here for the members. So, uh, moving forward now to the news and now <laughs> the news uh second right so we just take the newsletter that uh that charlie chippio sends around just you know talk about what's in the newsletter so great news from avalon bay they were honored this past couple this past month for inclusivity diversity and equity of the abc national conference avalon bay communities was among the winners of the 2022 national inclusion diversity equity excellence awards an annual recognition of ABC members that display exemplary uh, inclusion, diversity, and equity leadership in their company, workforce, supply chain, and community with best-in-class recruitment policies, retention practices, and training and mentoring programs. Uh, so congratulations to Avalon Bay. Uh, Massachusetts chapter, we, we won four membership awards at the ABC National Conference. Uh, great job to Venus Williams. We won awards for outstanding member retention. Superior contract percentage over 65%, membership growth, membership goal achievement. Uh, all those were given out at the National Conference a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're also excited to let everybody know that ABC Mass has partnered with the Madison Park High School to place electrical students. ABC Mass has partnered with Boston's Madison Park Vocational Technical High School to help place graduating seniors from the school's electrical program. And it's exciting news that one senior has already been placed. So if your company is interested in talking to a member of the next generation of electricians, please reach out to Steve Sullivan, steve at abcma.org. And we also have uh, some events coming up. We got the Lunch and Learn Legis Legislature Process 101 on Wednesday, April 5th from 12 to 1230. The Construction Executive 2023 Construction Economic Update and Forecast on Wednesday, April 5th at 2 p.m. We're also very excited. We're going to be doing the uh, Construct Your Career Day out in Marlboro on April 6th from 8 to 2. We're excited to be there and put that event on, as well as meet the generals April 6th from 5 to 8 p.m. out at Granite Links. We're going to be, uh, so you get a chance to meet and greet some of the leading general contractors at ABC Mass and take advantage of this valuable opportunity to meet and talk to people in person, not just through a Zoom. We've also got a lunch to learn coming up in uh, April. On Wednesday, April 12th from 12 to 2, uh, sorry, 12 to 12.30, we're going to have everybody in the ABC GCI staff will be there virtually. You get to meet us, talk to us, ask questions and all that great stuff, as well as the new member reception that same day in the afternoon. So you can meet us through Zoom, ask us questions and come to the Wuburn office and meet us in person. And again, we talked about the past couple of weeks, but we got cars and contractors for a cause May 4th from 4 to 7 out at Interstate Electric in Borica. And then we're always pushing the Student Appreciation Night on Thursday, May 18th, out at Polar Park. All this information can be found on the gwgci.org website. Really quick shout out to our sponsors for the Student Appreciation Night event. We have Skilled Trades Partners as the main sponsor for that event. Thank you so much to Seth and Mary and everyone over there. 
Um, and then we also have Notch Mechanical Constructors and Erland Construction as two of our swag bag sponsors. Thank you so much to everybody who has reached out and has sponsored so far. We have a ton of sponsorships still available. Definitely go to our website and check those out. And if you have any questions, reach out to any of us personally, and we can give you some more information. What's a, what's a better way to show appreciation for the students uh, than to help sponsor this event? It's a great event. It's a second annual. We do it at Poet Park out in Worcester, which is the AAA affiliate for the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Poet Park is a beautiful park. You know, whether it be sponsoring the bus from the Woburn office out to the ballpark, we there's food and drinks and prizes given out. It's just a great chance to be in front of some other people and talk to other members. And it gives us a chance at GCI to thank the students and the employers for all their dedication and hard work over the past couple of years. So uh, if you want to take part in that event, let us know. And we also have to give a quick member update that C.E. Floyd uh, was named the Hartford Business Journal list of uh, best places to work in Massachusetts. So congratulations to C.E. Floyd. Uh, again, they're huge supporters of ABC Massachusetts. And uh, that's the news. All right. Busy month. We had a lot of going on. Women in Construction Month. You know, we're going to keep it going. Uh, you know, every month should be Women in Construction Month, I think. Uh, everyone here at ABC and GCI has a lot of women here as well. So shout out to all the women here. And whether it be Julie and Diane, Kayla and Allison, Carol and Venus, they all do an amazing job. And they're part of a great team here. So uh, Thanks, shout Mike. out to all the women in construction, especially the people here. Thank you, sir. Uh, so uh, next week, we've got Seth and Mary Chisholm coming on. So we get a chance to thank them and talk to them about all the work that they do and the support they give us. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what else, Allison? What else get for them? That's it. I think with that, be sure to follow us on Instagram, ABC GCI Coffee Break. Follow us on LinkedIn. Look us up, ABC GCI Coffee Break. Um Be sure to follow us on all the places where you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, the million more. Be sure to rate us five stars. Leave us a nice review. It really makes us smile. And don't you want us to smile? (laughs) With that, we will talk to you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs)